Triangles are super messy. They're complicated. And this is what the cast members are left to navigate with. Hey, Conscious Crew, we are back with the vibes. It's your host, Sia, the transparent therapist. And today we have a really, really good one. And for those of you who know me, y'all know that Love is Blind is my show. So before we get into it, I want y'all to strap in, get cozy, because we're going to play a little game. I know this is not how our typical episodes start. But because we are going to be unpacking Love is Blind, I want y'all to put your clinical hats on. And for those of you who are not really familiar with putting your clinical hat on, that's okay. I'm just going to give you a lesson about what it's like to be a therapist as we unfold season six of Love is Blind. <clears throat> now, I want to ask a question. Have y'all ever binged Love is Blind? I mean... This show is a roller coaster of emotions. One minute I'm laughing, the next minute somebody's crying, and I'm just like, ooh, can we get a break? There's just so much drama going on. Season six took a whole new level with gaslighting, another level of love triangles, and the four horsemen. The four horsemen is a destructive pattern of behaviors that usually ruins relationships if it's not taken care of or addressed. The four horsemen are four characteristics that happen in relationships. And these are things that I usually address in couples therapy with my clients. One thing to look out for is criticism. There's defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. I always tell my clients, once you get to stonewalling, it's really hard to come back from. Not impossible, but pretty hard. Today, what we're going to do is we're gonna unpack criticisms and defensiveness that I've seen in season six thus far. This is only covering episodes one through six, y'all. If you haven't seen one through six, maybe don't listen to this. I'm not going to give you a play-by-play -play of what happened, but there will be some spoilers. I want you to think of criticisms in The Force Horseman of basically the habit of someone pointing out your flaws, your mistakes, something that you have done and they're telling you in a harsh way because there's a really good way to give positive feedback. But when we criticize someone, we're constantly nagging them or kind of just pointing out all the wrong things that they've done instead of focusing on their positive qualities, which we see in season six. The next thing we're going to focus on is defensiveness. And defensiveness sounds just like what it sounds like, a person being on the defense. When we are defensive in relationships, we do it to kind of shield, or I should say the person does it to shield themselves, right? Because they're trying to shield themselves from criticism. They're trying to shield themselves from blame. And naturally we do get defensive from time to time, right? Because we're human. But when you start to feel attacked or criticized, we then kind of rebuttal. It's our way of telling the other person, like, look, I'm not here for the games. And we see that a lot in season six, too. This can help when you're protecting yourself. But what happens in relationships is the defensiveness that happens is shutting down the communication with your partner or the other person. And that's when it becomes very destructive. We don't want to ever shut down communication because then it tells the other person you don't matter right now. 
And it's okay for us to protect ourselves and say, I matter more. But when we are facilitating conversations, that's not something we want to do. So for this episode, if y'all want to watch seasons or episode one through six again of season six, go ahead. But for you, I want y'all to go through um, each episode and see if you can highlight every time someone started to uh, portray a four, one of the four horsemen. Again, there's four, but I just want y'all to look out for criticisms and defensiveness because that's exactly what was happening in the first couple episodes. So if y'all have been following me for some time, <laughs> y'all know that I have some words about Love is Blind. Not the cast, but kinetic content because I've been following like lawsuits and stuff like that. But this season, y'all, they made sure they showed us that everybody was eating good. When I say everybody, I mean everybody. I, not, I saw, not Chad, with Clay eating food. I seen Kenneth and his girl eating food. And I'm like, okay, y'all, can nobody come back with a lawsuit and say that they did not eat? Because we saw. So I like what they did there. But for real, really quickly, I'm going to dive into some of the deeper drama in Love is Blind. I might not mention every couple. I might not mention a lot of people, but this is just going to highlight the, again, the defensiveness and the criticisms I saw. Keep in mind, there was some contempt with one couple, not so much stonewalling, but if we saw their story unfold, we would have seen some of that as well. So for the first couple episodes, we saw the love triangle between AD all day, all day. We saw the love triangle between her, Matthew, and Clay. I think his name is, yes, Clay. I keep wanting to call this man Chad, so forgive me, y'all. <laughs> all right, we saw that love triangle unfold, and it was it was interesting to see. I'm going to go in a little bit more in depth in a few, but we, we were able to see that. We are able to see Kenneth and... Brittany with their trauma bonding. I don't know if you all noticed, but when they were in the pods and on their dates, they did talk about some of the tra traumatic things that they experienced. And it's not uncommon to see people formed relationships or bonds or um, romantic relationships based off of shared experiences or similar traumas. And I believe Brittany went in to say things about her mom and Kenneth and death. They both shared the similar experiences of death and growing up. I have nothing really bad at the moment to say about Kenneth and Brittany. I know Kenneth did share with, I think he was talking to AD or maybe he was talking to another cast member about how they put each other first and it's so welcoming to watch Right. But then Kenneth also is very upfront. He says, like, you know, sometimes it's like, OK, wait, we're being too nice. We need to take a step back. And I get it. Right. Because you don't want to set up a relationship under false pretenses. But I understand they're also, though engaged, married, though they're engaged, they're meeting for uh, some of the first times. And these are dates still. Right. And so, yes, Kenneth is drawing. He didn't draw Brittany a bath. I'm making that up. Or maybe he did because they they shot to a scene of like a bubble bath. I remember that. But Brittany was saying how Kenneth was just giving um, her shoes, like setting her shoes up so she could just slip her feet into it. And she's just so blessed. And she's sharing like, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. This is outside of the pods. During the pods, though, you can still see that whole dynamic unfold. We also have in the pods, Amy and Johnny. 
but their attraction is so like pure. They don't have a lot of drama going on. Um, she, she's a Latina. He's a, a white man. And they just hit it off. The thing is, this season we're seeing a lot of um, different cultures men together. And I want to say in the pods, which I think was kind of cheating, um, Brittany asked Kenneth, like, oh, what's your family? Or like, what ethnicity are you or your family? And I'm like, are you really supposed to ask that? Right. But obviously, Kennethy, Kennethy, Kenneth is black. Brittany is white. Right. And so obviously they're going to have to do some cultural mending in that. With Amy and Johnny, same thing. I don't think Johnny has ever dated a Hispanic woman, a woman, maybe yo, woman. And Amy is much indeed Hispanic. And so integrating those two cultures are going to be something that they will have to navigate. Then we have my boy, Jimmy. Y'all, Jimmy might be my favorite character because he is something else. I don't know if y'all peeped it, but you had to because the director's producing made it very evident and they could have took this out. So y'all shady for this, but he had a Freudian slip. A Freudian slip is when we say something we don't mean to say, but clinically or psychologically, we're saying like, oh, that's what the mind is really on. Is it true? We ha- we don't have a bunch of studies to say like, yes, it's true, but it is highly researched. So I believe Jimmy was having a Freudian slip when he was like, oh, I can't wait to marry Jessica. And he meant to say Chelsea. And so he corrected his line, producing kept it in there. Y'all shady. But it's moments like these that show the complexity of human connection, because obviously he had already let go of Jessica. And that's a whole nother video another podcast that I'm not really going to get into until I kind of see how everything unfolds with Jimmy and Chelsea. But that's a connection there that I, I don't doubt that Jimmy's attracted to Chelsea, but he again fell under false pretenses because homegirl said she looked like Megan Fox. And I know that it was at that moment he was like, all right, Jessica got to go. And moments throughout the show, you can see that his he he's, he feels let down in a sense. At least that's my perception of it. If these two were in a room, I would also highlight Chelsea's insecurities. They are bad. When I said a gal, I cry every five seconds. Yo, she's crying all the time. And from, from a therapist perspective, I'm like, okay, you know what? There is a lot of emotional healing you need to get done because she did think she was unlovable. She mentioned that. But from a, just of your experience, I'm like, can we get her off the screen and get her some help? Because one, I understand she's intoxicated. At least I believe she's been drinking. But two, I, I don't know if it's the way in which the producers are are piecing together the show, but I feel like she's crying in every scene. And I myself through the screen, I'm getting emotionally overwhelmed. I'm like, are you okay? And I, I, I don't know. So we do understand that these connections, they're, they're forming. They're very real. I'm not going to doubt that. Is it strong enough to withstand the test of time? I don't know. But first up, let's get to the gaslighting, okay? Gaslighting is a term that's thrown thrown around way too often and is really misunderstood. So let me tell y'all what gaslighting really is. When we break it down, gaslighting truly is someone making you double back or messing with your head to make you feel like you can't trust yourself, right? It can make you doubt your own reality, 
doubt your feelings, make you second guess what's really happening, making you second guess everything you think. And that's truly what gaslighting is. And it can happen in communication so easily, especially from a person that is uh, feeling defensive. And we're going to jump to this defensive scene where we have Matthew and AD in the pods. AD is addressing Matthew because AD finds out that Amber, I believe her name is Amber, has just been told the exact same line that she was told. AD is heartbroken. I actually don't think I've ever seen AD cry until this moment where she leaves the pods with Aunt Matthew. She's like, I just, she's basically alluding to the fact that she can't do it anymore, but she's not saying that. She's waiting for Matthew to kind of come forward and Matthew starts to gaslight her. Very subtly, Matthew says things like, well, I'm sure you're dating other people in the pods too. And AD is like, yes, I am, but I'm not telling them the same thing I'm telling you. And he is just kind of like, well, America's watching. Well, I wouldn't do that to you. And I'm thinking, but you did, right? Unless Amber lied about this, but there was no way Amber could have lied about something so specific because she didn't know AD's experience. And that was the moment when I realized, oh, wow. There's something wrong with Matthew. At first, I thought Matthew came off a little bit awkward in his dating experiences within the pods because he was not really taking it the very like or, or, an, an organic way. He was very inorganic in his stance, maybe even pragmatic and analytical, almost computing like we saw with Latin Chick last season and her tall man. I don't know why I'm losing their names, <laughs> but go watch last season. Y'all know who I'm talking about. When we saw them, when I saw Matthew, I'm like, oh, okay, he's just a little off. But then I realized Matthew's not off. Matthew is very calculated where it makes me feel like, okay, there's something else going on with him. And I'm not here to diagnose nobody. What I am here to say is to, is to point out the obviouses. So Matthew had a really damaging perception of the experience because he's just like, well, I wouldn't do that to you. And both of them are not recognizing that they're in pods dating each other, which leads me to talk about love triangles in the pods. The producers of the show rightfully have set it up in a way where love triangles are going to happen. You cannot place 10 people in a village and then another 10 people to say like, hey, have at it and multiple connections not be formed. It's going to happen. But I think people became so invested, like the cast members became so invested in their connections that they believed like when I'm in this room, I'm only in this room with you. And outside, there's nobody else you're talking to. And that's not true. It was refreshing to see people be honest. And I want to say... It wasn't John. It wasn't Johnny, because Johnny's situation was a little messed up. It was another cast member. I think I don't remember his name, but he he is engaged to another cast member whose personality is super strong, and he was upfront with it. He was like he was dating Stephanie. He was like, "Listen, I'm dating more than one person." And that's what the experience is. It's interesting when we go back to the men's pod when they're acknowledging it, but when they're in front of the women, they're not saying that. So the love triangles, they're going to happen. The thing is, love triangles also initiate emotional turbulence, right? And we're seeing that because it was Chad who started to go off on my girl, AD. And then Matthew, who was a little, I'm going to, he has an anxious avoidant attachment style, right? So he's not really forthcoming, but he is kind of hitting her with those gaslighting comments. And I'm like, my guy, your attachment style is really hurting you right now. Because if you took accountability, I think AD would have been okay. 
there was no accountability taken. And so therefore we kind of see AD break down and then she becomes super vulnerable. There, there are definitely highs and lows and lessons learned when you're in the pursuit of a a love triangle. Is it the healthiest way to go about things? No, but given the circumstances in the show, I do understand why it's occurring. In these love triangles, there is jealousy that can occur, insecurities can develop, hurt feelings. Everyone involved is is a willing participant at this point in the show to get hurt. And this is where the insecurities come from because Chelsea, and we're talking about Chelsea, who is now with Jimmy, we see Chelsea, the, the cry cry baby. And I mean that with love and respect, girl. We see Chelsea feeling super insecure because she is watching Jimmy talk to AD when they're finally in their honeymoon stage in the Dominican Republic. And she's just like, I can't believe you left me alone. And granted, I'm not sticking up for Jimmy, but this is where you can see the insecurities coming out because when they go back to the room, she's saying, you know, it's not like you didn't date these people. These are people you've dated. And I just want to know you're there for me. And Jimmy's trying to reassure her and validate her to say like, hey, I had no doubt in our relationship and our connection. Chelsea wasn't getting, she that wasn't getting through to her. She wanted Jimmy to take accountability. But Chelsea also has to understand that her insecurities are on a rise because they were in a love triangle. It was her well, actually, it was like it was more than a triangle because it was Chelsea, Trevor, Jimmy, and Jessica. Jimmy did not have any ties to Trevor, obviously, but Jessica also didn't have any ties to Trevor. But Jimmy was contemplating if he should have stayed with Jessica. And though Jessica wasn't on the beach, Chelsea is just bringing up all these insecurities. And this is what happens when we become triangulated in any kind of romantic relationship. Triangles are super messy. They're complicated. And this is what the cast members are left to navigate with or through. Now, if we're jumping back to the four horsemen, time and time again, we're seeing these happen throughout the pods in their dating stages. We see the criticisms happen between Jessica and Jimmy, where where she's like, she's criticizing him for how he approaches situation Jimmy's becoming defensive. We see the criticisms. They're more so subtle where AD, I'm sorry, the defensiveness where AD and Matthew are bringing off their relationships, right? We have subtle criticisms from Clay when he's attacking AD. All these things are happening, which is why I said, y'all know what these things are. Go back and watch the episode. These are things I look out for in my couple interactions when I'm dealing with couples. One of the first sessions I do is I just ask some questions and see how they interact. And I'm pointing out how many of these things are occurring. Next session, we're talking about it. We're talking about things in which we can do to stop these four horsemen because I do something called Gottman. I do something called Gottman therapy. And this is one of the things that we talk about. So though the four horsemen occur on TV, it happens in reality. All of these things happen in reality. And I think it's, it's super important for us to understand that though these things are happening, it doesn't have to be the end all be all to relationships. So I don't, I don't usually make predictions. I think a new episode drops tomorrow. My predictions are, I don't think, and I mean this in my hearts of hearts, I think only one couple is going to say yes. I'm not going to say which couple, 
But just based on the things that I've seen, and I didn't even say this to y'all, but I feel like Clay and AD, though they're mad, they look like they're madly in love. I feel like the sexual attraction, if they don't work on this, is going to impede and impact on the emotional connection that they need to build with each other. And I'm just going to say that because they're really good looking people. AD, according to Chelsea, is built like a shelf. <laughs> And it's really easy for us to get caught up in the physical, but it's easier for us to build when we're not seeing what attracts us, which is why the pods work to a certain extent. You can't see who you're talking to. I don't think that couple's going to work. The one, and I really wish I remembered these people's names. I don't think Jeremy and Laura, and I might bite my tongue for this, but I don't think Jeremy and Laura are going to be the best unless they get help as well because just through their dynamics once they were in Dominican Republic, I almost feel like Laura is repulsed by Jeremy, just the way in which he acts. And I'm not saying that we as viewers feel find him repulsive, but I'm just looking at her body language and, and I don't think she enjoys him 100% of the time. Is it realistic to enjoy a person 100% of the time? No. Is it going to happen with them? No. But can we make efforts to make it better? Yes. Are they making those efforts? I'm not sure. Right. And obviously this was filmed a year ago. So who knows where they are now, but just by watching them, Kenneth and Brittany seem to be okay. I can't really read them right now. I have to probably watch further episodes just to see where they're going to be. Who else? Then we have, it was Laura, Jeremy, AD, Clay, Kenneth, Brittany. Oh, and then Amy and Johnny. I have nothing to say about them. I did see in the previews that they talk about like Amy saying like, hey, I feel like we're not in the real world. I know they are super lovey-dovey. I think the sexual attraction is there as well. So that's one of them that I have to kind of unpack and see. But like I said, I don't feel like there are going to be many I do's. And if there are I do's, that means that they probably have been working on each other with maybe a professional or themselves because there's just a lot of things like no one's perfect there's a lot of things that I see here that can be worked on but big up yourself for tuning in still watching listening if you guys enjoy my platform please 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 hit that subscribe button on your listening platforms, leave me a review. It's greatly appreciated. Again, I didn't pop out of the woodworks for nothing. I honestly enjoy talking with you guys and just sharing my thoughts and opinions from a clinical and just a viewer's perspective on these shows where relationship dynamics are unfolding and unwinding in front of us. Love becomes a spectatorship and why not analyze and dissect it with my favorite people. All right, you crew. I will catch y'all in the next one.